Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to 48 Minutes Podcast with... This shot callers crew today. We're kind of doing a joint session today. Our boy Tim is out. He's off tonight, randomly again. We gave him <laughs> another night off. He deserves it. Yeah. He's got a lot going on, that man. He's getting married in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, I was checking the uh, the NBA schedule, and the NBA playoffs actually start the same night as his wedding. Yes, it does. So, so uh, that kind of happened to me. I was I was on my honeymoon during the NBA finals a couple years ago, and uh, I was trying to sneak a game in there, you know, but uh, <laughs> it's a little rough. So, <laughs> my two gentlemen that are with me tonight, we got Ben Brown and Josh Hayes. What's going on, guys? What's going on? What's going on? Happy to be back talking NBA hoops again. Uh, you know, it's always a pleasure when I get to join my boys. So I, I hope everyone's doing well this evening. What's going um, with you, Josh? Um, same here, man. It's actually uh, as as weird as it sounds, man. We we get a little bit of a kick out of when you get to join us. So oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's a little bit different dynamic. So uh, so I saw you guys had a little Steph Curry uh, party while I was gone. Uh, a couple weeks ago, so I decided that mm-hmm. I would come out here and be fashionably late to that party with my uh, DH Gate, uh, straight from China Nike uh, <laughs> Golden State Warriors jersey, only uh, twenty four ninety five. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say Steph is uh, probably one of my favorite players of the last ten years. So I got this pretty recently, and uh, I'm happy he's having a good season. But uh, speak, speaking speaking of the season, guys. We are here. We've made it through. This has been another weird year. Been another really, really weird year. Wasn't as weird as last year. Last year, we'll top it for weirdest NBA season ever. But we're two weeks out um, from the playoffs starting, or two and a half weeks out from the playoffs starting. And we're here in this home stretch. Um, We've got a lot of players that are still hurt. You know, we've got, uh, you know, LeBron, who's supposed to be coming back soon which is going to be a huge addition for the Lakers. I feel like uh, the Lakers have done a fairly decent job uh, holding down the fort while he's been gone. So uh, they're uh, four and six in the last 10. It's to be expected. They're in the toughest conference um, and they're sitting tight on the fifth seed. Uh, ben, how are you feeling about the Lakers right now uh, with their, uh, you know, they're going to be going, if, you know, if the, the playoffs started today, they'd be going against the Nuggets. Oh, um, I, I think I think that would be a tough matchup for them. If, if they were to start playoff to the playoffs today, that would be tough because I, I don't know how much cohesion they have. Now, granted, you will have, you know, one of the greatest players of all time returning to a lineup uh, with LeBron, uh, and you have Anthony Davis is now back. Um, you also added the other AD in Drummond. Um, Schroeder is still playing at a high level. Um, so I, I don't know how much time they will need to bond on the floor, but you know, with uh, a basketball servant like LeBron, I don't think it'll be too crazy 
Um, but I, I do think that you got to have a little bit of time on the floor, especially with AD and AD, uh, because that's a too big dynamic. That's a little bit different than what he's had to work with. Uh, because I think Drummond is a little bit more um, in a, of a, an extensive player than like a JaVale McGee, which that's not a knock on JaVale McGee. I, I, I like what JaVale McGee does. Yeah. But Drummond gives you a little bit more different aspect as far as uh, giving you true post presence um, along with um, a defensive-minded center, which JaVale McGee was, but uh, Drummond does a little bit more. Um, so, you know, trying to look at all those things and all those factors going into it, um, if you started off the playoffs and they had to play a Denver team that's had the chance to uh, become more cohesive, they've added um, Aaron Gordon, which has been a really good pickup for them. Um, you know, you lose Jamal Murray, but you still have the um, consensus MVP pick in Jokic. Um, that, I think that's going to be a, a tough thing for them if they're not bonding and hitting on all cylinders. Um, so uh, I, I think the Lakers will be okay. Um, I think they need to um, get at least a week on the floor. Hopefully LeBron is back fairly soon in order for them to, to gel and, and be able to be a cohesive unit going into a tough series against the Denver Nuggets. If that's where, if that's where they fall. And it's kind of looking like it's going to be that way. Um, looking at the, looking at the standings, it looks like it's going to be that way. Um, like you said, they're the fifth seed now. Um, they're two games up on Dallas, which Dallas swept them last week. Yeah. Um, hey, hey, Ben, while you're talking, um, I just had this same conversation. So, you know, my son's a huge LeBron fan, Laker fan. Mm -hmm. And the way the Lakers are playing right now, I don't know when actually LeBron they, – they could actually fall to the sixth seed the way Dallas is playing right now. They would play the mm -hmm. Clippers in the first round. Yeah. There's and that's and that's a possibility too. That's a possibility <laughs> too. So the Lakers are really gonna have to kind of claw um, their way out of it. Now, will I doubt the Lakers in any stretch in this? Absolutely not. I, I will never doubt LeBron James. He's superhuman, mm -hmm. um, especially with AD. I think the Drummond signing, uh, Drummond, of course, like I'd say he's on the wrong side of his prime. But I think he's still an effective player. I think he's going to be a much better addition uh, in the grand scheme of things here than JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee looked great on that on on the Lakers, though. I'm not gonna. Mm -hmm. He's he's a he's a great role player, um, and, and on the Warriors too, another one. So uh, he's he's a great role player. But getting a, a guy like that, um, it'll just be interesting to see him with this full squad here soon. Um, so um, thankfully, uh, LeBron didn't get too hurt. He's taken some days off. I feel like LeBron may have, I feel like LeBron's healed and he's just buying his time right now. He's playing possum. I said and the same thing. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that because if I, I think like, if he felt like his team was in danger, like if they were like a seven or an eight seed, he would have been back three or four games ago. Uh, but yeah. he's, I think he's comfortable with them being at five. Um, I don't know if he'd be comfortable with them being a six. Um, like you said, if it works out that there, they have to play the Clippers the first round. That's a very, very tough. Um, that's a very tough matchup for them. On top of, you're actually, you know, you're, that that series to them will mean a lot more, especially in the first round. To open your playoff run back for a championship. You have to go against um, a pretty good Clippers team with a with a Paul George is playing kind of out of his mind. Um, what do we? Um, what what would we? What would we have to say though? If, if it potentially works out where they have to play like Denver in the first round 
mm-hmm. and then play the Clippers in the second round and then turn around and play Utah in the third round. Like to get to the finals, like you have to go through that gauntlet to turn around and play either Philly or the Brooklyn. Like at that point, I mean, we'd have to look at this season if that's how it was to go and say that was this is probably one of more one of LeBron's more challenging paths to the finals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I totally buy that. And like you said, that if, if it panned out the way that you just said, Josh, if they had to go through Denver and LA and Utah, um, and I know a lot of people are not believing what Utah is doing right now, but they're, they're pretty legit. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, and here's the thing we got, uh, Jamal Murray went down, but the, the Denver Nuggets, um, they've got a lot of great players on this team. The last 10 games, Michael Porter Jr. Yes, is aver- he's averaged 24.8 points a game, seven re- rebounds, one block, and he's shooting 55% from the field, 42% from the three. That's really good. Well, yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because, you know, another conversation I was having was that, like, I don't think people realize, like, if he's not hurt, coming out of that draft like he's probably a top two or three pick in the draft he might even be number one absolutely and he was was a steal at the time it was it was one of those great picks where it's like look we know what we have and you know obviously they were able to make a deal I feel like the Denver Nuggets kept their cards for a really long time and waited and waited and waited before they made that deal for Aaron Gordon who's been a great fit on this team but um, even with with Jamal Murray out Michael Porter Jr. I mean keep this guy's 22. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing. That's another thing we're not even talking about. He is 22 years old. He was born in 98. So it's like this guy, <laughs> which is it's shocking to me every time. I know. I know. Anytime I think about that, I'm like, man, 98. Wow. But anyways, um, uh, you look at a player like that. This guy still has a lot of room to grow. And without him being injured before the NBA draft, yeah, who knows where it have went? So uh, mm-hmm. they're still a, they're still a scary team. They're still a scary team, uh, regardless of circumstance right now. Now, going into let's say they went into L.A., you know, um, we're getting into you know, let's see here where we're at. So um, the Clippers are forty three and twenty. They have the number three seed right now. They're they've they've won eight out of the last ten. Um, yeah. They're playing just fantastic basketball. That's going to be another another tough one to go through. And then, of course, we have Utah, who is six and four in the last ten. So, and um, let's see here. Right now, they still have the league's best record at forty four and seventeen, mm-hmm. which is uh, something I, I don't. Did any of us have that? Did any of us have that? Come on, no, come on, not at all. And, and I think the thing that shocks me the most about Utah is how well they play defensively. Like, like they're defensively, they are, they are lights out, man. Like they, they do a lot of things well defensively. Um, So not only do they score the basketball well, but they're also able to defend. So um, I I did not see that coming. I mean, their differential right now is almost at nine points a game with, you know, their offensive uh, PBG is 107.3. So, I mean, you know, I, it's it, they played they've played really well um but it's defensively that's where it shocked me how well they've played yeah and and 
I'm going to just throw this one at you, Josh. So Rudy Gobert, obviously a huge part of the success. He was, he's went from someone who they said single-handedly shut down the league last year (laughs) to, um, to one of the best defensive players had one, had the biggest contract I think ever in NBA history, basically um, thrown at him. And uh, he's one of the rare centers who plays defense uh, scores, but he, he pretty much controls the entire defense for this team. He is the, that is the one dynamic that he controls. The other night they lost by one point to the, uh, the wolves. Uh, D'Angelo Russell ended up sneaking by Gobert and uh, he ended up getting a layup and, and you could just see that Gobert was so disappointed with himself. He really, really took it out on himself, but um, you know, for that, you know, and, and players make mistakes, you know, mm-hmm. it happens. And I, I feel like he's, he's the biggest part of, uh, of the success with this. So um, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting to see, uh, you know, how things have been going out out in Utah over the years. So, but this is just a, an unprecedented team this year. Where it's it's shocking how good they are. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. And and um, good. I I think I I don't know. It must be me, but I think I always I've always underrated Gobert, and I don't. I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's because they're out on the West Coast. Maybe it's because I don't get to see him very often. Oh, yeah. um, but his effect on games is, is so incredible. Um, just the way he's able to man the paint. He doesn't – I wouldn't say he's uh, offensively skilled, but he does enough to be able to give you somewhat of a post presence. Um, but defensively, man, I mean, he covers up for so many errors back on that back end. I mean, it's – you know, guys can are afforded the, the uh, luxury of being able to make mistakes, um, to be able to gamble to be able to do different things defensively, to be out of rotation, knowing that you have Rudy Gobert there. It makes all the difference in the world. So um, I don't know if I just don't, you know, I don't get to see him a whole lot because, he, you know, their game started at 10 o'clock and I'm usually winding down. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, Winding his, down. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually winding down, you know what I mean? A little warm milk nightcap, you know. But, um, you know, I, I think that – I think that he – affords them so many luxuries on the defensive end um, that they're able to do things and cause deflections and steals and, and and play so well defensively because he's on the back end anchoring that defense. You know, I always wondered, you know, because he would – he has all these multiple defensive player of the year awards, but their team doesn't have a whole lot of success. Now, that seemed to change this year um, as far as them being able to win games and be able to do different things. Um and had the success that they've had offensively and defensively. Uh, but Gobert's really put his stamp on things defensively uh, as far as being on the back end of that of that Utah defense. Sorry, gentlemen, my computer straight just kicked me out. It was like. <laughs> but you're back, man. You're I am back. back. What I miss. <laughs> so we were just talking about Utah, but I'm going to I'm going to throw you something else. So. Uh... So let's go back to the Clippers. So uh, that's another team we talked about the Lakers having to go through, uh, which is, you know, everybody wanted to see this last year. Everybody wanted to see the battle of LA, you know? So uh, this year Clippers uh, playing very well Um, right now they're ranked third. Um, It's, it's interesting looking at the stats for the LA Clippers because it's, it really is the Kawhi and Paul George show. And that that's kind of it. So Marcus Morris senior is the, (laughs) 
<laughs> is the third uh, leading scorer on this team, which is kind of interesting to me. Like I would have, I would have said, you know, um, it would have been somebody else, but that's, uh, that's, that, that's number three right here. So um, how are you feeling about the LA Clippers going into this? Do you feel like they are a little bit more pumped up Josh um, to get into this because last season in the playoffs was such a disappointment for them? Or do you think this is another year where they may just kind of fade off again? So I think that there's still a chance that the Clippers can catch Phoenix for the two spot. Okay. Um, and if you look at it, not that Phoenix is playing bad because they're not, but they've, they've gained a couple games on them over the past couple weeks. And I haven't seen the schedules yet to find out if they actually play each other again. Um, but I would like to think that if the Clippers, oh, they play tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this West Coast, this West Coast games just creep up on us here on these. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they play, they play tonight and um, the Clippers have some interesting games coming up. They play the Thunder, the Rockets, the Hornets, the Raptors twice. Um, and so they have games against the Knicks, the Lakers and the Nuggets. So three games out of their last nine so they could go seven and two six and three at least um and it all depends on what phoenix does but i think the clippers are built better this year to go deeper on a run than what they did last year and i'm not going to use the excuse of the bubble um i know they said that there were guys that didn't want to be there and you know but at the ultimately you have to play basketball and they were up three games you know to one and should have closed out a series up 20 points in the second half and completely just fell apart. So um, the one thing that I do think that's better for them is when they get into the playoffs is they have Rondo. And I know the stats don't show it, but Rondo in the playoffs for the Lakers last year was fantastic. And I think that he can do the same thing for the Clippers. I don't think that um, you will see them fall apart the same way they did last year. So it's all going to depend on the matchups. And I think they're equipped to beat LA, the Lakers. I think they're literally that that's the team that they match up with the best. And um, all the other teams, I think it's a crap shoot in the West. I think from the Lakers down. So the five down to the one, I think any of those teams can come out of the West, but I still think a fully healthy Lakers team is the best team. I, I agree with that. I completely agree with that, especially when you have the, the best player on the planet still playing for you. So that, uh, that helps tremendously. Yeah. Looking down here at the, uh, at the bottom of the, uh, the Western conference, um, you know, moving away from the, uh, the Lakers path to their uh, championship glory this year, possibly uh, we've got a few teams that are battling out at the end, you know, for the play in Grizzlies and Spurs are right there. Um, they have the same record uh, and they're in the eighth and ninth seed Grizzlies were in the play the play in last year. Um, how are we feeling about them getting in this year? I feel like there's a little bit more buzz right now for the Grizzlies uh, than the Spurs. And I feel like the, the league would rather probably see the Grizzlies in the playoffs than the Spurs at this point. Oh, I would agree with that. Um, John Moran is must see TV. You know what I mean? He is. Uh, if you get him into the playoffs, I think that that's what, um, I think people are banking on that. Um, you know, in the last 10, Memphis is five and five. The Spurs are seven and three. 
Um, so are the Warriors. And so are the Warriors, yep. So, I, I don't know. I, I think Memphis has has a legit shot. I mean, I think that they um, – their roster I, – I love their roster. I love, you know, John Morant. Um, Valachunas has been really good for them. Um, I, I really I really like their roster. They're young. They're talented. They've done some, you know, some great things. Um, and I feel like I said, I think John Morant in a playoff situation is what everybody wants to see. Um, I, I think that he's a special player. I think that he'll put on a show. Um, I, I think that that's that's what people want to see over the for some reason. There's a lot of Spurs hate. I don't I, you know. People would find the Spurs to be boring. I, I don't. I think Popovich does a wonderful job with the guys he has in, in that team. Um, I'm a pop. You know, I love pop. I think he does just an amazing job. Um, but I, I do think that'll be that'll be interesting coming down to the wire there between those two, between the Memphis uh, Grizzlies and the Spurs. I think that'll be uh, that'll be a battle um, for them to to be able to make the playoffs for both of them. I have some I have some questions because um, I want to make sure I understand this correctly. So last year in the bubble, we had a one game play in, right? So the winner of that game got to play the eighth seed. Is that right? The winner, or sorry, the eighth seed and the and the ninth played each other. Correct. Correct. To get into the playoffs. Correct. So this year it's set up a little bit different. Yeah. So this year. So, Go go ahead. So I'm, I'm so, yeah, so so the way the way I'm reading it is that the team that's seventh and the team that is eighth, the winner automatically gets the seventh seed. Correct. And then the team that's ninth and the team that's tenth, the winner of that game plays the loser of the seven eight game, and the winner of that game gets the eight seed. Does Correct. That, right? that that is right. So, so if you're the ninth or tenth place team like you got to win two games to get in the playoffs if you're the seventh or eighth seed you win and you're in yeah and and i'll be honest with you it's i know it's a little bit confusing for uh <laughs> as opposed to last year's <laughs> especially the way you just explained it josh <laughs> but you kind of made my brain scramble a little bit but um this is going to be all about um excitement here at the end of the season uh, to get some to get some uh, some viewers in to watch some games to see uh, who's going to put on a show and I think there's there's a lot of teams that are going to be interesting to see especially if the Warriors get there you know tell you um, what yeah if Steph Curry has to play for his playoff life give me that every night yeah. he's got to show up to get into the playoffs <laughs> every night give me Steph Curry a playoff mode give me that. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean stuff like that. It that that's going to be must see TV, obviously. With that, obviously with uh, John Morant, the Spurs, um, you know, Pelicans. It looks like they're just kind of too far out at this point to yeah. actually be in the uh, thing, which is sad because that would have been another. Fun. We want to see Zion in the playoffs at some point. That's that's the that's well, the one. Th- it's. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's interesting you say that. So last year the playing game was Portland and Memphis, right? Yeah. So right now the seven eight game would be Portland and Memphis. So you would literally be seeing the exact same game. Yeah, ex- exactly the same game right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they, yeah, they're they're right at the same level as they were last year. So um, there's that. So let's uh let's move over onto the Eastern Conference. Kind of talk about them a little bit. So uh, Ben, 
He is a, a diehard Pacers fan, always has been, apparently. Yep. Um, he's always rode with Reggie Miller. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and, yes, sir. Uh, and I understand. I understand. I hated him so much when I was growing up. <laughs> but you know what? A- any player that I hated when I was growing up, I've I respected quite a bit over the years. I, I hated Shaq for a long time, too. He was another guy I didn't like. And, and I love both of those guys now. So, um, oh, yeah. Uh, anyways, going back, <laughs> getting off topic here. Uh, Pacers right now, they are in the ninth seed uh, mm-hmm. at the moment. They are one game behind the Charlotte Hornets. Um, but right behind the Pacers, we've got the Washington Wizards right yep. now who are uh, on a bit of a streak. Yes, they, they have are. won eight of the last 10 games. Um, talk about a team that's playing for their playoff life right now. This is definitely one of them. Um, right now, loading up some stats here because my computer's super slow. Uh, the last 10 games, <laughs> Russell Westbrook, I know this shouldn't be a shocker, 21.8 points a game, 12.9 rebounds a game, 12.2 assists a game, and 1.7 steals, shooting 43%. Um, <laughs> Russell Westbrook is one of those players. He is once again <laughs> averaging a triple double <laughs> for uh-huh. the season. Um, how how do we take someone like Russell Westbrook for granted every year? Um, I, I, you know what? I, I think that I think it's one of those things where he, he's made it so commonplace that we've almost kind of glossed over it. Um. You know, before Steph Curry started putting on all these amazing feats of, of shooting these last, you know, two weeks and all the three-pointers and all the shots he's made, you kind of forget, like, how just dominant he can be until he starts making shots the way he is. I think people forget that how dominant Westbrook can be, one, when he's healthy. I mean, because, you, know, you know, he drug his leg around all last year. He wasn't healthy. He didn't play, didn't play healthy all year. He finally got healthy midway through this season. He finally started to play like himself. And and I think people took that Houston year and was like, oh yeah, he's done. He's, you know, he's not where he was. He's not this, he's not that. And it took him all this time to get fully healthy and remind people, man, I'm still that guy. Like I still can get it done. I can still, you know, uh, to get, get the ball in the basket, I can still create plays. I still defend. I still can rebound. Um, you know, I, I don't know how he becomes, you know, so obsolete as, as far as as far as us giving him the respect that he deserves as far as the things he's able to accomplish. Um, you know, you think about that. Like, uh, averaging a triple-double in a season had never – had not been done since Oscar Robinson – until he did it three years ago, four years ago. And now it's just commonplace. Like he just does it. And it's like, and it's like, it's almost like, oh, wow. He just averaged another triple double. I'm like, people don't realize how hard that is to do in an NBA basketball game. Like things have to go your way in order for you to average. You've got to be somewhat of a basketball, just purist in order to be able to get those things done the way he does them. And I, I, and I don't know if we just gloss over it, I don't know. It's because he's not the most, um, uh, you know, attitude friendly guy. He's kind of got that Barry Bonds thing where he doesn't really deal with the media very well. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I think that might be part of it. Um, you know, I, I don't know. But but I think that the things that he's able to do in a season and the things he's able to do for a team, I mean, it's it's pretty special. And, you know, Josh, looking at uh, another player that's, you know, killing it right now on the Washington Wizards is Bradley Beal. Um, healthy right now. Last 10 games, 33 points a game, uh, shooting 48%. Um, how are you feeling about Bradley Beal going in the playoffs? Well, I know that um, I think I think people took this season and saw that there was only a 70-game season. And they were like, oh, the season's shortened. So, you know, they're missing 12 games. But I don't think a lot of people realize that they took that 70-game season and compacted it into so many days. Yeah. So we've seen more back-to-backs than we've ever seen. So, like, guys are legit just – their bodies are worn down. They're hurt. They're And they're, a lot of it has to do with they're trying to get next season back on track to make sure that the seasons are normal from here on out. But um, I think I think Bill – Westbrook, like they all, all the big names, if you really look like everybody just went through a stretch, man, where they're just fatigued, they're hurt, they're banged up, and they're trying to get rested to get to the playoffs. And I think that um, what what happened with, with Westbrook was that we saw him early in the season was hurt. He was injured. He was trying to get healthy. And then he finally got to that point where he was healthy. And then this is what we saw was the end result of him being healthy. I think Bill was healthy in the beginning of the season. He got a little banged up and tried to get healthy. And now he's healthy for the end of the season. And that's why we see the Wizards going on this run. I think they've learned how to play together. Um, I think Westbrook is kind of taking on that uh, James Harden role, so to speak, like he did in Brooklyn, where maybe his points don't really matter as much and facilitating the offense and making sure other guys are getting involved is more important. And that's why we see the change in the Wizards winning now instead of what was happening before and i tell you what man they're gonna be a hard out if they in these playing games just because of yeah. how they're playing right now yeah you know who is bad news for the pacers <laughs> that, that's where that's that's that was my long my long way to get back to this was talking that's who's was, bad news was, for was getting the pacers. Was, was getting back to the pacers here so yeah. uh pacers are going in here um uh they they're five and five less, we're limping so. dude we're yeah. limping you're, you you know and that's okay that's okay you're uh, you're only trailing one game to the Charlotte Hornets um how are you feeling about the the chances for your for your Pacers Ben um I, I it's don't been like a weird the, it's been a weird year actually it has um and and if you listen to this show earlier in the year our big concern was injuries and minutes um, the minutes that, that we were playing earlier in the season, we knew at some point would come back and bite us in the butt. And it has. Um, you know, Sabonis has missed time. Um, now Miles Turner, who was up for, you know, defensive player of the year, he's he's hurt. Um, Malcolm Brogdon has been in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, we just got Karis LeVert back, you know, a month ago. Um, or a month and a half ago, he, you know, that was a big trade for us. We didn't have him, you know, due to his unfortunate situation. Um, you know, so we kind of treaded water after you lose a guy like Oladipo, which was fine. You know, we were okay because we were getting Karis LeVert, but then he, you know, has his, has his injury issues and things like yeah. that. Another big one that has been missing all season and he only played four games is TJ Warren. Like that was, 
I think that was a huge one oh, for yeah. us, especially after how he how well he had played in the bubble. Um, and we were really looking forward to having him there and being able to play well. Uh, but not only having him for four games really hurt, really hurt us. Um, you know, I think we've had we've had some bright spots um, with uh, the holiday. You know, Justin Holiday's played well. Um, Doug McDermott's played well. T.J. McConnell has been, uh, I mean, just unreal. You know, being able to play defense and get steals and. But I think that we overshot ourselves with the minutes that we played earlier in the season. Um, I don't know how fresh our guys are. Uh, and I know they're all professionals. I know they'll all say, oh, well, minutes don't matter. Well, they do. I mean, you're putting that many minutes in that short amount of time on your legs and your body. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have guys come up short. You're going to have guys be tired. Um, I don't like it um, if we play the Wizards because – Beal and Westbrook are playing at a, at a higher level right now um, because they've, you know, that they look rested and ready to go to make their run and we look tired. Um, you know, if, you know, if per chance that we were able to, you know, climb up in the standings and, and get past the Hornets, um, you know, I, I don't know if that even helps us because uh, we're just not playing very consistent basketball right now. So, um, if you climb up and you're, you're the eighth seed, um, you got to play Miami, which, you know, Miami to me is one of those teams that they've had, they've experienced uh, getting to the mountaintop and falling short um, and to play an angry Jimmy Butler um, who, who has vengeance on his mind, uh, a Bam out of Bayou <laughs> who's an all-star heart. Um, you know, I, that doesn't, that doesn't bode, you know, bode well for us. Um, so I, I don't know. Right now, I'm not, you know, earlier in the season, I was happy. We were, you know, we were playing well. But, you know, once the minutes hits and the injuries start hitting, then it, it started, the wheels started to come off. Um, so, I don't know. I, I don't think there's a good matchup for us there. Either way, either Miami or Washington, they, neither one of those would be very good matchups for us. So, um, okay. hopefully, you know, Karis LeVert can stay healthy. Brogdon stays healthy. Miles Turner, I believe, comes back for the playoffs, and maybe we can do a little something. But I don't know. Might, might be, might be too late. Who knows? Right. So, we haven't had much success thing. in the playoffs. You know, we got swept last year. So, I mean, you know, I don't know how much confidence this team will be playing with. But, you know, hey, we'll, quick, we'll see. Quick stat real quick while we were just talking about Pacers, Wizards. Um, Russell Westbrook has 176 triple doubles in his career. So that puts him – six behind or five behind Oscar Robertson for the all time in the last, in the last seven seasons, he's put up 168 triple doubles, which averages out to a year. Wow. 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 That's, that's crazy. Yeah. He's, he's, he's an unbelievable player. We, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like we've really kind of slept on him a little bit and he knows that too, but I think he likes that. He's, he plays with a chip on his shoulder every night when he goes out, which I kind of, that's one thing I really love about him. Mm. Um, So looking at the rest of this, um, we're just going to go straight into it. We got to talk about it. I'm sure you guys talked about it the last time you, you guys talked with Tim, New York, the Knicks, Yes, sir. Nine and one over the last 10 games. Um, they are on fire 
Tom Thibodeau has proved me wrong. Not only Tibze. is he, not only is he a head coach again in the league, but he has gotten a, a young team to buy in, um, which I love because as a Bulls fan, I love Tom Thibodeau. He's a little gruff, a little rough around the edges, but without him, <laughs> that's to say the least. Without him, Derrick Rose doesn't become MVP. Without him, Joakim Noah does not become the defensive player of the year. Um, without him, they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals that year uh, against the Heatles. So um, he is a wonderful coach. I love to see if this is his, uh, you know, his last hurrah as a head coach sometime down the line, being the Knicks coach. Um, I love this. I love this for them. And I'm being a Chicago fan over the years. I have been sworn to hate this team. So um, I'm never going to root for the Knicks, but I am so happy for New York Knicks fans. I'm so happy for the league um, in a year where a player like Julius Randle completely comes out of nowhere um, years, years into his NBA career to put on the show that he is putting on right now over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, If the playoffs were to start today, the Knicks would be taking on the Atlanta Hawks. And I think that would be, a really fun series, like a really fun first round series. Um, that looking, the Knicks could win. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, the Knicks. Mm-hmm. The Knicks could definitely beat the Hawks. Uh, I, but I, like I said, it'll be fun. I think. I, I don't think it's going to be a uh, a straight sweep. It could be though. It could be the way that the Knicks are playing. They're uh, they're fantastic right now. Um, is there? Well, any- we all know that. The- we all know that the the Hawks have the the, the biggest legend <laughs> um, icon ever on their team of Trey Young. There it is. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I will say this. I, I <laughs> I'm glad that Atlanta Hawks fans are excited for Trey Young. I know uh, Tim likes to likes to throw dirt on Trey Young anytime he can. I don't know what it is about him. <laughs> like a week it's a weekly yeah i don't know why tim tim has a straight hatred for him he has straight hatred which is funny because he had straight hatred for steph curry i feel like a few years he sure did so he's kind of he's kind of turned the corner with steph but (laughs) oh he's great oh okay tim (laughs) (laughs) but anyways uh uh Trey Young, I mean Trey Young is is a great Atlanta young Atlanta Hawk player. Uh, would would I have traded him for Luka Doncic on draft night? Nope, no, <laughs> nope. But uh, but he is a fun player. If he was on my favorite team, I would be happy to have him. I'm not saying I want Chicago to make any trades for Trey Young or anything, but he is. I understand why people love his love his game, and when I say love his game. They just love his his shooting and his point production. That's what they love about him. It's not his defense or mm-hmm. how you have to hide him on every defensive possession or anything like that. But but um, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, a matchup if they end up being the uh, the two teams in the first round going up. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, looking out at this at this roster for the New York Knicks, obviously Julius Randle. Um, we think he's a lock for most improved player, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt right now. So yeah. averaging 23.9 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, six assists a game. Um, there's only been, uh, you know, a few players uh, that have have done this. 
over the years. And if you look back, I was listening to a podcast the other day. I think it was a Bill Simmons podcast where he was, I mean, and he was, this was, he was really throwing one out there, but um, the numbers that he's putting up this year are kind of bird-esque. I, I was going to say, that's what I was going to say. Like that was, that's Larry Bird's stat line right there. Yeah. And, uh, and he's one of those guys, he, he's leading the team in assists right now. Like Julius uh-huh. Randle is, is the leading assist person on, on the, on the New York Knicks. So keep that in mind. He's also leading the points. He's leading the team in points and rebounds, which is just incredible. Um, and he had a good year, um, last year when he was with the Pelicans. So, um, he, it's not that he's been bad, but they've really been able to, I feel like Tom Thibodeau's really been able to open up his game and make him the guy. And on top of that, another guy that's having a fantastic season is RJ Barrett. Uh-huh. Um, uh, very exciting to see this guy uh, doing what he's doing. Um, but the thing that makes me the most happy out of all of this is that Derek Rose and Tom Thibodeau and Taj Gibson <laughs> are all together again. 10 years all reunited ago. it feels so good huh yes and 10 years ago um they went on a 10 game winning streak with the bulls 10 years later those three are on another team together going on another uh or winning nine games in a row nine games again so um so my question you guys are both bulls fans and you guys have experienced uh you guys have both ridden in the Thibodeau experience um what what makes him What's his gift and what's his curse as far as being able to pull talent together at some point and then on other points being able to know when to um, balance his gruffness uh, with, with you know, the things that he's able to do? Because as you see, I mean, the Knicks are playing the best basketball they've played in, what, 20 years? I mean, I, I mean. The yeah. Knicks are, are, I mean, they're playing out of this world. And he, and he did that with that young Bulls team, like you just mentioned, Sean. I mean, he pulled Derrick Rose, which Derrick Rose was unbelievable talent, but he, he was an MVP. You have a Joe Kim Noah, Taj Gibson, Carlos Boozer. you got all these guys, and they were able to have lots of success. What is it that – what does Tibbs do to get to draw that out of young players? Let you take that, Josh. Um, I – I, I have to the, – the thing I noticed about Tibbs was his coaching style, and I feel like he got players in Chicago that fit the way he wanted to coach. And I, I don't know if because of the success he had in Chicago that when he went to the Timberwolves, it went to his head. They gave him a little bit more power, and then, like, he just, like – I don't know if he abused it. I don't know if – what it was, but I don't think he had – he had a couple of his Bulls guys there, but, like, the – the rest of the roster around it just didn't seem like the guys that would fit his style of coaching. And now I think that he's in New York and in a city very similar to Chicago when it comes to basketball. And he's got those guys with him again. That's the type of guys that he wants to coach. I don't think he's changed what he does at all. Um, I just think it's a style. And I was actually going to say that I was like, I'm a little nervous that going into the playoffs, you know, Julius ran. It's a game. You know, that's that's what he does, man. He takes his best guys and he rides them. You know, R.J. Barrett's playing 35 minutes a game. Um, you know, I don't know if those guys are going to be able to hold up in the playoffs just based off of that constant beating on their bodies, but that's who he is and that's what he does. And, and, and Joe Kim Noah and Heinrich and, you know, when he had those guys in Chicago, I, I honestly can't tell you other than my take of I just think he needed the guys that he can know that will ride with him 
and they fit his coaching style. And that's, this is the result that you get out of it. See, I, Josh, I completely agree with that, but I, I think one of the other things that Tom Thibodeau, especially with young players, he has a talent to do is I, I feel like he is the teams that he coaches and the guys that actually buy into his system. He makes any of them believe they have enough to win every night. Um, there were a lot of teams after Derrick Rose got hurt, some really fun Bulls teams. Uh, one of my favorite Bulls teams was the year that they had Nate Robinson uh, playing on there, and they ended up beating the, uh, uh, the Brooklyn Nets in the first round of the, uh, the NBA playoffs. And uh, for a guy like Nate Robinson to be the guy on a team and to get that team as weirdly set up as they were, uh, he was able to just get the best out of any guy that was on the floor. And just, I don't know, he has, we, in, in the Bulls world, we used to call it throwing Tibbs dust on him. And uh, that was the big thing is, is throwing Tibbs dust. And there were some players that only played well for Tibbs, you know, um, looking back on some of those teams. And he's, he's one of those guys who can, who can really just get the best out of anything. But if he's got some young guys that he can kind of build up from the ground up, um, uh, he's really good at getting people to buy in now does he rub people wrong later on uh after years of of playing for him absolutely um i feel like uh there were years that were probably shaved off of joakim noah's career because of tom thibodeau i feel like there were years that were shaved off of blue ball ding's career uh because of him so um there are some downsides to uh, to playing for Tom Thibodeau, but I feel like for the most part, if you're going to go in and you're going to play hard, and you believe you can win, and I think Tom Thibodeau is one of those guys who believes he's kind of crazy in that way that he believes he's got enough to win pretty much on any night if he can get people to buy into his system, um, and that's that's defense first, and uh, you know, and then also having a guy who can actually score at will like like Julius Randle is doing. Um, who's just been playing absolutely amazing this year. So um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what the Knicks are going to do in the playoffs. And I think it's great for the league to have the New York Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets, uh, both in the playoffs this year, having great Great. seasons and uh, the battle of New York might, it might be something that we could see and uh, during the playoffs. And I, I think it would be a, a heck of a show. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta be a little quiet about the Nets right now. I don't know how in the world they're able to hold together what they're doing right now, and, and literally haven't had their team together to play yet. And there's, they it's started, amazing. They started out the season horrible. Oh yeah. And then, and then they made the trade for Harden, and everybody was like, "Oh, it's not going to work." And Harden just came right in and fit seamlessly, and just took them to a whole another level. And they've yet to be able to have them all on the floor together since I, I don't even know the date, but. Um, Harden's been out for a couple weeks. KD came back and got hurt. Kyrie, you know, unanimously just takes off whenever he feels. Um, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see them. It's going to be interesting to see them when they actually all get on the floor. But the fact that they're even in first place right now is is beyond me. I I agree. I agree. There's uh there they've been able. The thing is, the three players that they have, while they're not on the pl- the the floor at the same time, one of them is able to put on a show each night. Yep. Um, looking yeah. at you know, looking at the three games that they've played with Philadelphia against Philadelphia this year, um, 
Phillies won uh, won two out of the three of them. And I look at who the player was they were playing, and it was different on each game. So one game they were going against just Harden. One game it was just uh, you know Irving. So and then one it was uh, neither of those guys were playing. So um, it's really interesting. So I don't think we've really gotten a fair shake because everybody kind of looks at those two teams as the favorites in the East right now. And Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because Phillies, you know, they've got their full team right now and no one knows what this Nets team is going to do. And it sounds like they're going to all be healthy for the playoffs and we're going to be in for, I think there's going to be some teams in the East are going to be in for a real beating <laughs> um, they're going to be in for a real, real beating, and this yeah. is going to be one of the greatest superstar teams ever that we're going to witness in a playoff series. So, um, well, you, um, do you ahead. think? I was going to say, do you think that they can take a, a series, like a first round series, to be able to get enough time to mesh that team together to compete? Uh, absolutely. I think, uh, I think when you have three players that are like that, uh, especially uh, Kyrie Irving, who, while I'm not a fan of his antics, uh, which seem to be pretty regular, like, you know, taking personal days quite a bit and, uh, you know, which I didn't know you could do in the NBA, unless right. you're Dennis, unless you're Dennis Rodman going on a vacation. Um, right. it happens, <laughs> you, know? um, you have a player like that, but a great point guard. Uh, one of the best uh, finishers of all time, uh, James Harden, one of the greatest scorers of all time, and Kevin Durant, who is quickly probably becoming one of the top 10, top 15 players of all time, Yeah. Um, which is weird to say, but uh, probably around that range. So you put those three guys together. Um, I think they're going to be excited to all get on the floor, especially with Durant and Harden already playing, already have been, been together. Also, Durant has played with Irving now. So um, I don't think there's going to be any meshing problems when they get on there. Um, I know it was a disappointment uh, that uh, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge retired. Uh, but I, I think if you keep those three guys on the team right now and the way that they're playing, I think Steve Nash has done a great job this year in his first season. He's had a great team, but I think he's done a great job. And I feel like that. Uh, that team is going to mesh together almost immediately and it's going to be very scary what they're going to be able to do. I, I, I would, I would be fearful if I was any team in the East, including the Philadelphia 76ers. So um, we will see what happens. So we've only got uh, two weeks out for the rest of the season. Um, and, uh, and that's going to be it. And I believe the playoffs start on the 22nd. Is that correct? Yeah. The 22nd. So special um, day, special day. So, um, so with that, with that being said, guys, thank you all for hanging in there and listening to us today. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, this has been the 48 minutes podcast. Uh, take it easy and have a great week. Bye. See See you later.